This week's episode of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? What's up? All right. In, to the, in, the, in today's episode, sorry, uh, we will be previewing the AFC North and NFC North in the NFL for fantasy football. Definitely a lot of teams and players to jump into. We'll sort of give our outlook, I guess, on where teams will finish in the division as well. And then we'll head right back to the NBA to look at the NBA finals that's currently going on as we're recording. I believe it is game five that's going on right now. And then we'll jump right into previewing the Stanley Cup final that is going to be starting on Wednesday for the NHL. So how does that sound? Sounds good. All right, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we'll start with the AFC North, and we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of good fantasy option, options there. We'll start at quarterback. I mean, just looking at Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, I love uh, picking him every year when I go to pick up a quarterback. I think he's ranked inside the top five. I don't know. I kind of agree with where he's ranked. I guess, what are your thoughts on Lamar, I guess, being like the fourth quarterback on average going off the board? I think his ceiling is somewhere around top five. I don't think he should be lower than sixth. Um, the only thing I'm thinking about is, I guess, would he, like, that's like health, but he's normally pretty healthy. So, and the other thing is um, the Ravens are a run heavy team, even though he's the guy doing most of the running. But I think he should be able to finish top five still. Yeah, I feel like he, I don't know whether he has the upside that he had in his MVP year, but he definitely has the floor considering he rushes a lot. So you're going to get a lot of points regardless of how much he throws the ball, which is good. Because like, let's just say they lose a game and then he doesn't get as many like touchdowns. He'll still be able to get you a lot of points just by rushing. So I think that's one of the positives about Lamar Jackson. And yeah, he does have top five upside for sure. He definitely has first overall upside as well as we saw in his MVP year. So if he can replicate that, he'd definitely be a great pick. We'll get to Baltimore's running backs now. Got J.K. Dobbins there and you have Gus Edwards. I think both of them tore their ACLs or Achilles, whichever um, yeah, I think it was before the season. So kind of like both of them were uh, uh, like they weren't playing. And then they brought in, you know, a few other guys to sort of fill in, didn't really, uh, you know, do the best job. Uh, I think uh, if I'm not mis- mistaken, Devontae Freeman was there. Um, that might that might have been the Giants. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, whoever was there, um, they filled in. They brought in Mike Davis as sort of that guy to sort of you know, just in case they get injured again, he's sort of that third guy. But I guess, what are your thoughts on this backfield? And um, I guess uh, we're like, how do you feel about them? Um, I felt like uh, J.K. Dobbins was running back that you probably trapped even on a team like the Ravens, mainly just because of how talented he looked. But unfortunately, he was uh, injured before the season even started. So I think he's still worth drafting maybe a little bit lower just because we haven't seen him, seen him come back yet. But I'd say other than that, I'd say 
I think Gus Edwards may be at the end of the draft, but that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I mean, it looks like um, all three running backs, like J.K. Dobbins, he's like ranked around like 22nd and a half PPR. So um, he's probably, he would be like your running back two, which I think is pretty decent considering Baltimore is run heavy. And then you have like Gus Edwards at like 51. So like, like you mentioned, sort of like a bench guy. And then Mike Davis at like 74, uh, something like that. So he probably would be borderline draftable depending on the size of your league. So um, I think maybe Gus Edwards could be a bit higher considering they were running two backs at certain points. And like, you know, Gus Edwards was fantasy relevant at one point. Obviously, it's been a year since then, since they were both missing for a year. So, yeah, it is kind of hard to tell. Um, and I mean, you even mentioned Lamar Jackson's doing a lot of the running as well. So um, it's kind of hard to sort of gauge these guys. Um, I know Dobbins for sure should be drafted and he should be, I mean, if you can get him as your third running back, even better, but probably a running back too is uh, the right spot to be taking him. Uh, we'll sort of move into their wide receivers. Obviously, Hollywood Brown was traded at the draft. So it looks like Rashad Bateman is going to be their number one for the most part. You got Devin Duvernay there, uh, James Prochet. Uh, I believe uh, he's probably going to be their slot guy. At least that's what it says on the depth chart. Uh, they have a lot of inexperience here in terms of their wide receivers. I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, it's kind of hard to, I guess, um, see how it's going to shake out. I'd say Rashad Bateman's probably going to be the most draftable out of all the guys there. So maybe you can go for Rashad Bateman, but the other guys I'd kind of um, maybe stay away from during the draft. Yeah, considering, I mean, this team, they're very run heavy, like we talked about. Obviously, they could throw the ball a bit more, but at the end of the day, um, they're going to focus primarily on the ground. Um, Rashad Bateman's going off as like what the 30th the wide receiver off the board so he's like wide receiver three flex option which I think is a pretty decent spot to get him considering he should be the number one receiver there um, and then I guess sort of moving down um, seeing where some of the other guys from Baltimore are ranked you got to go down quite a little bit before you reach the next one um, yeah I don't think anyone is borderline draftable like you like you were saying like I mean uh, the next one here is uh, you got Duvernay at like 120. Yeah, that That's just way too far. You could take a flyer in like a deep league. But other than that, I think I'd agree with you. Uh, it's probably a stay away. You're definitely drafting Bateman and you're definitely drafting the tight end from this team. And that's Mark Andrews as he's technically the main target, even more than Bateman. Um, I think he's going off the board at the number two spot at tight end. But yeah, he's a top three tight end. Uh, in my opinion as well i guess what are your thoughts yeah there's a lot of um good tight ends i guess compared to last year yeah chelsea andrews Pitts, Kittle, and waller so any of these guys could finish first i think mark andrews is probably the most likely other than kelsey so that's probably why they put him at second so i think that's pretty accurate mark andrews at second he could finish first but we'll have to see yeah, he could finish first, but with Tyreek Hill gone from Kansas City, I think Kelsey's just going to be getting a lot more. Like, if you take this in, like, both uh, Tyreek Hill and Hollywood Brown, they got traded. 
And now the two tight ends on those two teams, uh, Kelsey and Andrews, they're just going to be getting a whole lot more targets than they were already getting. So yeah, it's going to definitely be, uh, I think a good year for tight ends. Uh, I know last year was, uh, was pretty much a mess with trying to find a, a tight end one uh, that, that was healthy, but I think this year should be a lot better for tight ends. I mean, we say that every year and then we get into the same situation with the lack of depth, but yeah, I definitely, if Mark Andrews is on the board, definitely take him. He's definitely going to be really solid. Um, I guess in terms of the Ravens, I guess in this division, what place do you see them finishing? It's kind of hard to tell because of all the roster changes. They could finish anywhere between second or first, second, or third. So it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I'd say they're theoretically healthier this year last year so i'd say maybe second potentially okay and i guess for me uh, just looking at their roster looking at some of the other rosters in this division i might have to put them at third place and i don't know if i feel good about doing this uh they they finished third place last year but just looking at some of the other rosters in this division um yeah i think that they're potential they potentially could be the best team but um i guess assuming everyone is healthy and playing for all the other teams i just don't know if they have the depth anymore like uh, a couple of the other teams that i have ranked above them so um yeah i think i'm gonna put them at third spot i mean they could finish anywhere from first to fourth even depending on how the fourth place team does so this is a tight division as you mentioned and yeah we'll jump right to the next team the cincinnati Bengals. they went all the way to the super bowl they lost but this is a talented team uh, for fantasy. We'll start with the quarterback. We'll start with Joe Burrow. Um, I guess uh, heading into drafts, he's going around the sixth spot for quarterbacks. It's like pretty much a, your starting quarterback on your fantasy team. I agree with that. Should he be going sixth? Yeah, I mean, he does throw the ball quite a bit. He can run as well. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? I mean, he was in the Super Bowl. So I guess it's kind of like the Super Bowl Super Bowl um, respect. He just came out of the Super Bowl, so they're gonna give him a good placing. I think in terms of talent, he could finish um, somewhere in the top five, maybe. But I guess we'll just have to kind of see because um, AFC North is pretty competitive. So yeah, he definitely could finish in the top five. I agree with you. I feel like he could finish anywhere between like, like maybe like two. He could probably his highest might be two or three. I don't know if he'd be the number one. He'd have to have a, like a really good season, like MVP level to get number one, but maybe between like two and like 10, he should finish somewhere in between there. So I think he should be okay as long as he's healthy um, to be able to draft him as your, your starter in fantasy. I'll get to the running back situation. Joe Mixon, he was healthy for the first time last season. And yeah, he was one of the top five running backs in fantasy. Um, I think, yeah, he's going off the board at seventh perfectly good spot to be drafting him he's he gets a lot of work and he's very productive i guess what are your thoughts yeah he's definitely lost drafts if i remember correctly joe mixon was basically a qb uh two last uh, fantasy rb2 so, yeah yeah rb2 so a uh, really big jump um this year so he's probably gonna go fairly early in the draft i think yeah, I, I think I had a league where I took like Austin Eckler with my first pick and then Joe Mixon was available in round two. 
and it was like okay yeah I guess I'll just take him and then I had a great fantasy year so yeah yeah definitely like Mixon he's just he's just so solid assuming he stays healthy which he was last season he's definitely gonna be a solid pick for you probably probably gonna be your top pick most likely in a fantasy draft but we will get two wide receivers for the Bengals got Jamar Chase, you got T Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. All of them are draftable. I guess, how do you feel about them? Um, I kind of like all of them. I think Jamar Chase is probably going to be the number one target, no pun intended, for this team. But yeah, he's probably going to be the earliest out of all the wide receivers here to go off um, the board. Could be maybe like a wide receiver, one wide receiver yeah for sure i mean i think jamar chase is going in the top five right now uh, with guys like cooper cup justin jefferson Devontae adams so highly regarded i mean well warranted um i mean t higgins he's going off as like a wide as like the wide receiver 12 off the board so he's considered a wide receiver one i feel like that's kind of high because i mean would you want to take the second wide receiver on on a team's depth chart as your first pick in your draft i don't know about that like that's kind of where i have a, a tough time getting to like if you're taking him as your second wide receiver i'd sort of feel better about that i don't know what are your thoughts on t higgins um i don't know it again depends on like where your draft position is but even still i go with i try to go with a wide receiver that it's probably going to get more targets, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, like, we know Jamar Chase is the priority in that offense. So just the fact that you have to rely on secondary targets for T. Higgins to sort of be your main wide receiver in your fantasy team, I don't know. I just can't really get there. It might be possible, but well, I'd sort of have to see it to believe it. I don't know if I can just go out on a limb and take him as my first wide receiver off the board. Kind of want a guy that's, like, the main guy on your team. Uh, as for Tyler Boyd, he's like a wide receiver five. He's going off around like 52nd uh, in terms of wideouts. So, yeah, he's probably a good bench flex type guy. Um, definitely if there's an injury to either Higgins or Chase, he definitely becomes more valuable. Um, also, he's soaking up a lot of those targets sort of in that like shorter slot range. So he should have a decent season either way. And I mean, this team... They have one of the best offenses in the league. Um, yeah, so they're going to put up points at pretty much every position. I'm not 100% sure about tight end, though. They have Hayden Hurst, Andrew Sample. Um, I don't know if I'm really sold on either of them. Um, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on tight end. I'm thinking, I guess, Hayden Hurst is kind of like a depth piece. He's pretty decent. He's not necessarily in his prime anymore, but guess he can kind of get the job done still um where would put a draft in probably a little bit more. i'd probably look for someone else first honestly because i think Hayden Hurst is ranked 26 right now um, even then i'd say he should probably be a little bit lower than that but yeah i'd probably look for someone else before i yeah, I think he's either like a backup tight end, maybe a guy you pick up off the waiver wire or something like that. And then Drew Sample, only if Hurst was injured. 
I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Hayden Hurst, uh, his best days were when he was with Baltimore, and then he's moved around a couple spots. He just really hasn't been the same. I don't know if we can rely on him fully. I think this team, you're taking Joe Burrow early, you're taking Joe Mixon early, you're taking Jamar Chase early, T. Higgins a little bit after, and then Tyler Boyd is more of like a depth piece. And yeah, I think this team, they're going to be solid in fantasy if you own either of those players. Um, Getting to, I guess, where we see this team in the division, um, I guess, give me your thoughts where you have the Bengals. Kind of like the Ravens, the Bengals can finish anywhere depending on how the season plays out, but I guess I'll give the Bengals Super Bowl respect and say that they finish first. All right. So uh, you have the Ravens at second, the Bengals at first. I have the Ravens at third. And uh, just by looking at the rosters, the way they are constructed right now, I have the Bengals at second in this division. I mean, they have a great offense. Their offensive line is getting better. Their defense is also starting to get better as well. But I think there's one team in this division that's a little bit deeper than them. So I'm sort of going to give that team a little bit more respect. Obviously, um, I guess this analysis is just injuries aside. So looking at a team fully healthy, I feel like the Bengals, in my opinion, are the second best team in this division. But let's get to the next team. Uh, It's the Cleveland Browns. You know them very well. They're the team that you support. Uh, So let's just get right into it. Uh, assuming um, all goes well and Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback here, uh, in my opinion, he should be your starting quarterback in fantasy. He'd be like a top 12 guy. I guess give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson has loaded talent. Like you said, top 12 quarterback for sure. Um, the Browns, they have a lot of talent around Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson is already talented himself. He can pass, he can run. So he should be. Uh, very productive so I think you could actually possibly take him as a quarterback one but it looks like he's listed as like more like a quarterback two so if you do draft him as a quarterback two probably gonna get a lot of value for him yeah you would be getting a lot of value I think he's only falling because there's a chance he might not play Uh, obviously we know everything that's going on off the field with him um, he should be drafted as a quarterback one, though. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, he's just fallen because of the risk. I, I think that's that's pretty much what it is. Um, I guess if he doesn't play and Baker starts, like if they're able to work things out with Baker, I assume he'd probably just be like a backup quarterback in terms of like where you draft him. Honestly, it's kind of hard just to like uh, to tell um, how they kind of see playing Baker because they also drafted Jacoby Brissett. I mean, they didn't draft him, but signed they, him, up, yeah. they signed yeah. up Jacoby Brissett. So it's like, he's technically the QB2 on the depth chart, but what if they decide to play Jacoby Brissett instead? So I, I think um, quarterback this year, it's a little bit um, tenuous. Maybe you can go for Deshaun Watson, but I'd stay away from the other quarterback just because you don't know who's going to be playing. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with that. I probably wouldn't draft Brissett either way because I feel like if Brissett's the starter, they're going to go very run heavy and you're probably not going to be able to lean into good quarterback play. I mean, he is a decent quarterback, but for fantasy, he's not really as relevant. I guess in my opinion, uh, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, they're going to do their best to convince Baker to start because Baker says he wants to start somewhere this season. 
So if the opportunity opens up for him in Cleveland, he might be able to mend any issues he has with the team. And I think if he starts the Browns, they won't be in elite shape like they would be with Deshaun Watson, but I think they'll be in pretty good shape either way because Baker will be healthy for the first time in about a couple of years. So um, definitely something to look out for uh, with everything pending for Deshaun Watson. But yeah, we will get to the run game now and the running backs. Nick Chubb's there, Kareem Hunt's uh, the backup, Dearness Johnson, they also re-signed. He was solid last year when he needed to fill in. I guess just break down these running backs for me. Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb, he's the guy who kind of punches holes for the Browns, so he's going to be doing most of the rushing. Uh, Kareem Hunt is arguably as talented as Nick Chubb is, but he also does a lot of catching as well on this team, so um, you can basically draft both of these guys. Um, Dearness Johnson, he's more of a bench running running back. If you want to rest either Chubb or Hunt, then that's where um, Dearness Johnson's value comes in. So I'd say you could probably draft Nick Chubb as a running back one and bring Hunt as a running back two, and both of them are going to get um, a lot of production for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I feel like Nick Chubb is being a little disrespected at number nine. I'd probably move him up a little bit, just considering everything going on with Cleveland and their offense. They're going to lean into the run game. He's probably going to be closer to where guys like Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook are. Um, definitely don't be afraid to reach for him if you don't like a running back on the board above him. Um, and then as for Kareem Hunt, I think uh, he's sort of going off around 29-ish, so like running back three level. Um, yeah, he's a good flex option. You could throw him in the flex almost every week. He'll either get you a touchdown or get you a lot of catches, like you mentioned. Definitely really solid. And then definitely a good like uh, handcuff, like bench type guy would be Dearness Johnson. Uh, he's going off around like running back, like six, seven. So he'd just be like a guy you'd pick up at the end of your draft and just throw on your bench, especially if you own like Nick Chubb or, or Kareem Hunt. So um, yeah, he's definitely a guy that you won't be drafting in most places, but if you're in a deep league, definitely throw him onto your bench. You should uh, have some value considering uh, running backs miss games all the time. And he'd be a great fill-in type guy that can get you like running back one numbers if he starts. He's that talented. So uh, yeah, uh, Johnson's great in my opinion. Uh, we'll get to wide receiver now. You got Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They drafted David Bell. Anthony Schwartz is there. Jakeem Grant. I guess, what are your thoughts on these wide receivers? I guess, uh, which ones would you like to draft? It's a little bit hard to tell because um, I feel like the wide receivers on the Browns, they kind of get, I guess, inconsistent targets aside from whoever's the running, I mean, the wide receiver one. So I'd say Amari Cooper is probably the most draftable. The other guys, it's going to be hard to tell because their targets are going to be kind of inconsistent. Um, so I guess just looking at the list a little bit, um, it looks like uh, Amari Cooper at 19. Um, I'd say that's maybe around where you'd, you'd want to draft in, mainly just because the Browns are pretty run heavy. I think with Deshaun Watson playing, they could throw a little bit more. So if you really like Amari Cooper, you could probably pick him up. The rest of the guys, I'd say maybe close to the end of your draft. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you that Amari Cooper is the main guy. Wide receiver two with a wide receiver one upside if Deshaun Watson plays. That's definitely how I see it. Um, yeah, you you kind of take Cooper as like your second guy on your team, and then he could have that high-end upside if he's playing with a talented passer like Deshaun Watson. And then, yeah, uh, I kind of feel the same way about you. The other uh, wide receivers, they're kind of just all over the place. You don't really know what you're going to get week to week. Obviously, that could change with Watson coming in. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is at like, what, 79? It's like a wide receiver, six, seven type guy. Uh, and then you just like go down even further. And then uh, you got like Anthony Schwartz. And um, yeah, he's pretty much undraftable. Um, Peoples-Jones, you might have him as like a bench guy, I feel like. But yeah, Amari Cooper is the only real starter there. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. I will bounce to tight end. Uh, David and Joku got this big contract. Obviously, Austin Hooper's gone. So he seems to be the main guy, although Harrison Bryant could factor in. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on Njoku? Um, I, I think he's sort of going off the board uh, around the 22nd spot, which I feel like is a little low. Uh, or do you think that's the right spot? Um, I'm not really too sure, honestly. I feel like um, David Njoku, he has a lot of upside. But again, tight ends don't get enough targets so it's gonna be tough to kind of see how he kind of shapes out but I think with Austin Hooper gone um, he is the tight end one so I'd go for him maybe all there. yeah I think uh just because he got paid I feel like he has decent upside so I feel like he'd sort of be like a bench type guy um, he definitely should be drafted, in my opinion, I guess, just depending on the size of your league. But in standard 12 team leagues, definitely should be like a good bench guy that you could pick up. Like if you have like a Mark Andrews, for example, and then you could have Njoku as your backup. And then if he sort of breaks out, you can either roll two tight ends, one in your flex, or like if there's a bye week, you can play Njoku and then you won't have too much of a drop off in points. So definitely think he has that sleeper potential. Um as for Cleveland, I mean, if this team is fully healthy, I think they're the deepest team in this division. Assuming Deshaun Watson plays, I have them ranked at number one. I feel like they're pretty deep at almost every position. I mean, if you look at their defense, it's probably the best defense in this division, although you could argue Pittsburgh might be just as good. But yeah, I definitely like their defense. Their offense is deep, whether it's running backs, wide receivers. And if Watson starts, I mean... This team's definitely the best team in the division. If Baker starts, obviously that could vary. But I'm going to pick them at number one. I guess, where do you have them? Well, once again, they can finish anywhere between one to three. I think if they're fully healthy, they'd probably be a one. And then you could maybe see my Bengals at two and Ravens at three. But I don't want to, I mean, I want to kind of like hold my breath just to see how everything finishes because for whatever reason the Browns always get a stroke of bad luck so <laughs> I don't know uh, trying to temper guess, the expectations yeah I want to temper my expectations I'll go with three so that when they finish second or first I'll be happily surprised yeah that's good uh, I know we're kind of burying Pittsburgh at this point honestly they're not a bad team they just need certain things to click let's go through the Steelers now um 
yeah, just looking at them, quarterback is where we kind of don't really have the read. It could be Mitch Trubisky. It could be Kenny Pickett. Probably going to be one of those two. They might cut Mason Rudolph at some point because I don't think he's in their future plans at quarterback. Um, I guess just seeing where the, those two guys go off the board, you got like Trubisky at 30 and Pickett at 31. So even a lot of the experts just don't know who's going to be the guy. Definitely have to see through training camp. I mean, if uh, one of them gets the start, they do have rushing upside. So maybe you could slide them up a little bit and take them as your backup quarterback in the league. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Honestly, I'd kind of stay away from Pittsburgh just because we don't know who's going to start. So if you end up getting the wrong guy, you're going to be kicking yourself. Um, Ethan Ben, I think he has to take one. Both of them would probably just be quarterback uh, twos in my opinion. Yep, I think you're probably more right than I am on that. Maybe you should be staying away uh, from that situation. One player you shouldn't stay away from is Najee Harris, uh, running back for this team. He's going in the top 10 right now in running backs. It's a running back one going off at around number six. I mean, considering the amount of uh, carries he had last year and considering the offensive line is getting better, I think that you know, if you take him as your starting running back, I think you should be pretty good. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think running back one is uh, pretty accurate for Najee Harris. He is arguably the most talented player on this roster. So, yeah, if you pick him, he's going to do really well for you. Yeah, I think TJ Watt heard your comment and he feels disrespected. <laughs> this is being the most talented, most talented player on the offense, I think we could both agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, honestly, I, I'm right there with you on Najee Harris. So we'll get to wide receivers now. Deontay Johnson's here. Chase Claypool's here. Obviously, no more Juju Smith-Schuster. They draft George Pickens. Uh, looks like he's going uh, to be starting in the slot uh, projected. Uh, those are probably the three guys you can look at. Um, I've, I've always liked Deontay Johnson. He's always been great for me in fantasy whenever I've had him. I mean, Claypool, he has that upside for me. So I think he's pretty solid as well. And then we'll see what we can get with Pickens. I guess give me your thoughts on these receivers. I like these receivers. Um, I think both Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool could both be drafted in the second round. Uh, George Pickens, um, not really too sure about him. I'd say uh, try to draft him as low as possible and your value kind of decreases. Yeah, I definitely agree. We don't know how these these wide receivers are going to play with either Trubisky or Pickett. It's got to kind of temper your expectations. I think Deontay Johnson's going off at like a wide receiver two. Maybe try and get him as like a wide receiver three if you can. If you can't, don't reach for him because you kind of don't know how the situation is going to turn out. Um, and then as for Chase Claypool, I think he's going around, what was it, like 45th? So that's like what wide receiver like five-ish. So, yeah, that's that's pretty decent, uh, I think, uh, value-wise. And then um, I guess just going further, um, just seeing if George Pickens is here. Yeah, he's around 78, so like wide receiver seven or so he's sort of going off as. Uh, yeah, I'd be like a bench guy potentially on the waiver wire. I think I'm right there with you. Definitely going to be uh, pretty solid. Um, and then, yeah, getting to tight end, I think this is where the – like the value is and maybe the main target potentially Pat Fryermuth definitely stepping onto the scene last season. Um, yeah. It looks like he's going to be the guy here. It looks like Eric Ebron has moved on. So 
Um, yeah, a drafting Fryermuth, I think, is a must uh, in fantasy. It uh, looks like he's going off at as a tight end one. He's going off around 11th. I think he's a perfect spot. I mean, I think you can just roll him in as your starter, and he'll be really solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, the wide receivers, again, they have they have some depth there, but not so much that they have no reason not to throw to Fryermuth. So I feel like... Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, you got to temper your expectation at the beginning, but I feel like he'll definitely round into that solid starter for you uh, as the season goes along. Um, getting to where we think Pittsburgh is going to finish, I think we're going to both we can both agree that we kind of see them at fourth. Um, but obviously, it look, uh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season as head coach, so they're probably not going to finish fourth. Uh, the question is, which team are they going to finish ahead of? I kind of, I can't really pick one right now. Probably injuries will indicate that. Um, this team's definitely, they have the depth on defense to be able to keep them in games. And if either Trubisky or Pickett can play like solid, like if Pickett comes in and plays similar to like the way Mac Jones played last year, like with that solid defense he had in New England, like he was just, he, he, he played like mistake-free really well. And this team made the playoffs. Um, and then if you look at Pittsburgh, maybe like a similar situation, I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I have more not because they're a bad team. It's just that AFC North is so deep now that pretty much anyone could finish anywhere, regardless of how talented your roster is. So I mean, if the Steelers were in a different division, they'd probably be second or third for sure, at least. So yeah, I think if if it was like a different a different year or they were in a different division, they'd be finishing really high. It's just that AFC North's really deep. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, yeah, um, Pittsburgh, I definitely think they can finish higher. It'll just depend on injuries and, and other things for uh, other teams in that division. But yeah, um, that's pretty much it for the AFC North. So let's just move now to previewing the NFC North. All right, in this division, we will start with the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll look at quarterback for them first, and we'll look at Justin Fields. Obviously, he was a rookie last year. He's going into his second season uh, with the Bears. Um, it looks like he's going off the board at around, like, 16, so he's like a quarterback, too. He'd sort of be like your backup. I guess he does have that, like, high-end upside with his rushing. I guess what are your thoughts? I mean, it is possible that he finishes – as a quarterback too, just because his roster is improved. And I think uh, Justin Fields probably has a better feel for the game now. So I guess that's pretty accurate. Personally, I think I maybe draft him as like, I don't know how to explain that, but like if at the end of your draft, if you want to have like a backup quarterback to your backup quarterback, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, it honestly just depends on where he goes. He could go anywhere from like 15 to like 21. So yeah, it just depends on the size of your league as well. Um, I think their best um, asset for fantasy is probably David Montgomery at running back. Obviously, Khalil Herbert's his backup. But yeah, Montgomery's the main guy in this offense. Um, I think he's going off at like running back two. So like around like 16th or so. I think that's just about right. Like if I think he's like a solid second running back for your team. And then you've got like Khalil Herbert going off at like 
uh, let me see here, like 54. So like a running back, like five or, or so. So I, I think, yeah, he's like a bench stash. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this situation? I think David Montgomery is pretty accurately ranked. Like can't really say he's going to do better than like Leonard Fournette or Aaron Jones or even like Saquon Barkley or James Conner. Maybe you could say he finishes ahead of Javante Williams, but again, you can't really say that for sure. So I think that's pretty accurate for David Montgomery. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, it's definitely a must draft. And then, like I said, Herbert would be like that bench stash. Um, I guess getting two wide receivers for this team, you got Darnell Mooney, who should be the number one. Then you got guys like Byron Pringle, Equiminius St. Brown, Dante Pettis. I, I mean, I don't really know how I, I see this, uh, I guess, wide receiver group other than like Mooney, who I have like a lot of confidence in. I think seeing where he's going, he's going around like 26. So he's sort of like a, a wide receiver three type. Um, I think that's accurate. If you have him as like your three years, your like flex option, he should be pretty solid. Um, I guess looking where some of these other guys are going off the board, um, it takes a while before you get to one Pringles going off at like 87th and then you just got to keep scrolling. So um, I guess give me your thoughts on, I guess, Mooney and the wide receivers. My thinking is uh, probably just go for Mooney um, mainly because again, they are, uh, I guess they're deeper than they were last season. Justin Fields, he should have a better feel for the game, but um, we don't know where the Bears are going to finish this season. So I'd say just um, go for uh, Mooney as your backup wide receiver and then um, leave the other guys alone. Yeah, I think I can agree. He's probably the main guy that should be drafted from this team. Uh, we'll get to tight end and Cole Komet seems to be the main guy here again. Um, I think he is going off the board around like 13th or so. So tight end too. I think in my mind, he's like, he'd be like a good backup. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Cole Komet as a comment. I think he should be getting a lot of usage on the Bears. So um, that's a pretty solid spot for him. I definitely agree. And I guess getting to the division, I guess, which position do you see the Bears finishing this year? I, it's going to be hard to say because um, the Lions did make some changes. I don't think they're finishing above the Packers or the Vikings, so they'd have to finish either third or fourth. So I'll say maybe third for now. All right. I think for me, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they lost some defensive pieces as well. So I might actually put them fourth, which might surprise a lot of Lions fans, but and Bears fans. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like you were saying, the Lions made a lot of changes. I think those changes could turn out well for them. So um, yeah, I think I will have the Bears at fourth. And speaking of the Lions, let's get to them right now. We'll start with quarterback. We'll start with Jared Goff. Um, obviously, he's like that, like, like, cut and dry type quarterback who doesn't really like shine too much. He's just, he's sort of that guy that's just there and he just gets the job done. He's probably going to go undrafted. He's probably like one of those waiver wire quarterbacks as like he's ranked around like 27th, I guess. Do, do you agree with that sort of assessment? I mean, you can't really draft him um, above a lot of these guys here. I see as like a quarterback too, like for example, 
maybe you could draft him above Daniel Jones, but it's going to be like really close. I don't think you can really draft him above Carson Wentz. You can't draft him above Winston. You can't really draft him above Ryan or Wilson. So honestly, I'd say kind of um, wait till like the first few weeks of the fantasy season and then kind of yeah, for sure. And I think um, getting to running backs now, DeAndre Swift's the main guy. Obviously, Jamal Williams is still there. It looks like Swift's going in the top 12. So he is a running back one. Um, he's very solid, especially when he's healthy. You just got to be concerned about that health. Um, I definitely agree. He should be taken as probably your running back one potentially. And then I guess if you uh, look to see um, where Jamal Williams is at, he's at like running back 47 so it's potentially like running back four running back five he'd be like a bench type guy that maybe could fill in once in a while I kind of agree where these two guys are um I might take Chubb and Kamara over a guy like Swift but uh he'd still be a running back one in my eyes I guess what are your thoughts yeah personally I take Chubb and Kamara over Swift as well but again Swift is really solid if you get him at running back uh, one, I think he'd be pretty solid for you, especially considering he's going to get a lot of usage on the Lions. So, yeah, I think maybe not necessarily a high running back one, kind of like more of a labor running back one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll move now to the wide receivers. You got DJ Chark, who was just signed here in the offseason. You have Amon Ross St. Brown, who was sort of the, the main guy. Uh, last season at the end, and then you have Jamison Williams, who was drafted in the first round. Of course, these guys from last year are also there. Quintus Cephas, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds. This is a big wide receiver room. I don't know. How would you break this one down? It's kind of hard to say. I'd say um, I think DJ Chark and Amon Rush St. Brown are going to be the main guys there. So obviously they got DJ Chark. Um, he's going to be like the main free agent. So you could probably draft him first out of this roster and then maybe him on Russell Brown. Um, Khalif Ridden and Josh Reynolds and Quintus Cephas. I don't think they're going to get enough targets to be fantasy relevant this season. So kind of just look at them from week to week. I definitely think that Chark has the value. He's going off at like wide receiver five, which is interesting. And Amon Ross St. Brown's going off as wide receiver three. And I mean, if Chark ends up being the main guy, you're getting a lot of value there. So I'd probably target Chark more than I would St. Brown at this point. Um, Jamison Williams is kind of going off where Chark is. So I think they're both kind of like values at that point. And then as you go further down, like some of the other receivers are there, but I don't think that they're really going to be in the mix as much uh, unless there's an injury, guys like Reynolds and so and Cephas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to, to sort of draft guys like that. But, yeah, the, the top three guys definitely should be drafted. Um, but I think the main target is still going to be TJ Hawkinson at tight end. When he's healthy, he's their guy. Um, he's going off the board at, like, the sixth tight end. He's a tight end one for sure. I got to agree with that. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, I think he's, he's like clearly above like Schultz and Goddard, not that they're bad players, but I feel like Hawkinson's probably going to get more usage than either Schultz or Goddard. So I think six is pretty accurate. For sure. And I guess for this Lions team, um, I think I see them potentially getting to third place this year. I know you said you probably have them in fourth. I guess, what are your thoughts? 
I think they can potentially finish as third as well, which is going to kind of depend on how the season um, goes. But again, the Lions, they didn't necessarily finish too well compared to the rest of the league. They are making some improvements, but just kind of want to see how this season kind of plays out. Yeah, I think maybe I am a little too high on them, but I think I'm going to leave it. Um, we'll get now to the Green Bay Packers. Um, we'll start with their offense. It has changed a little bit. Aaron Rodgers is still there, though. He's the main guy at quarterback. He's going off the board around quarterback 12, so he'd be like a QB1 in standard leagues. Um, yeah, he's back-to-back MVP. I think you got to sort of take him there as your like main quarterback, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he can be a quarterback one for sure. The only um, question is because he mainly passes, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns, he's going to get a lot of passing yards. But a lot of the top guys could get touchdowns, passing yards, and rushing yards. So it's going to be hard to see Aaron Rodgers kind of, I guess, going above the 12th spot. Yeah, and I mean, Devontae Adams also isn't there anymore, so there's that as well, sort of the, he got a lot of yards and touchdowns from Adams, so we'll definitely have to see how that shakes out for them this year. They definitely should still be pretty solid, Um, and then uh, at running back, Aaron Jones is there, A.J. Dillon's there, it looks like Aaron Jones is going off the board around, like, running back 12, so, like, he's like a borderline running back one. I think maybe if you can get him as a running back two, that would be better, because he's sort of in a split backfield. Um. And then if you like go further, AJ Dillon's around like 25. Uh, so around like running back three, maybe if you can get him a little further than that, that'd be ideal. They're both going to be fantasy relevant. If you get them as late as possible, I think you'll get the best value out of them. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think getting them as late as possible is going to be your best bet. I feel like they could get some, they could both get a little bit more usage just kind of depending on how they'll wide receiver core works out, but I think trying to draft them late is probably going to be your best bet. Yeah, another tough situation is their wideouts. You got Christian Watson, who they just drafted. Randall Cobb's there. Alan Lazard's there. They signed Sammy Watkins. Amari Rogers was drafted last year. I mean, what do you make of this wide receiver room? They're all. I know Rogers will definitely be spreading the ball around, but who do you think is going to sort of be the, the main guys here? That's really going to be to, to um, well, I don't think it's going to be Sam Watkins. He's, uh, it doesn't look like he's pretty high on the depth chart. Normally, Sam Watkins is just like a wide receiver three or a bench wide receiver. Um, that's usually what he's what he is um, season to season. Christian Watson, he's a rookie, so it's going to be hard to uh, tell how many targets he gets. I don't think it's going to be Randall Cobb's not really feeling it. So I'd say Alan Lazard might get the most targets out of this team. Yeah, and I think you are correct because I think Alan Lazard is the guy that's going off first. He's going off around wide receiver four range or in the 40s. Um, yeah, he seem, but he's not really a starter. He's more of like a flex or bench guy. Then you got Christian Watson going off around like 65-ish, so like wide receiver like six, seven around there. Um, yeah, and then you just keep going further and I guess more guys are coming off the board, guys like Randall Cobb and, and others. So, um, yeah, definitely tough to really like tell who's going to be the main guy, but I think Alan Lazard's sort of that safe option. 
And then obviously for tight end, they have Robert Tanyan coming back from injury. Obviously he had a poor year last year compared to the previous season. Um, he's sort of being drafted as like the tight end 16. So as like a backup, I think he'd be a decent backup considering Rogers could spread the ball to him a little bit more this year. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think 16 is a pretty good spot for him, especially considering um, again, there's no option on the wide receiver that makes you go, okay, yeah, it's a passive that guy every time because again, Devontae Adams is on in Green Bay or so. Um, Robert Tanyan's probably going to be getting a lot more targets now. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's definitely that guy that has tight end one upside as we've seen before, but you probably draft him as like a solid backup. Uh, I guess getting to this division, um, where do you see Green Bay finishing? It's going to be hard to tell Aaron Rodgers. He finds a way to get, get it done in the regular season every time. The Vikings could finish ahead of the Packers, but I think I'm just going to put the Packers first still. I think losing one player from like a two to three loss team won't throw them off course. I really don't think so. Their defense is still really solid. Their offense still has a lot of good pieces and they have the back-to-back MVP. I think they still finish first. Um, They have good coaching. Like this is a, a good franchise. They just haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe Adams leaving might, as strange as that sounds, might be a way for them to get over the hump, but we'll definitely have to see. Uh, they're, they're still a solid team. I definitely think they finish first. Uh, we'll get to the Vikings now. Uh, we'll start with quarterback Kirk Cousins. Um, he's a pretty solid fantasy quarterback. I know he gets a lot of like unnecessary hate sometimes, but I think he's a solid backup. He's going around like 15. But, I mean, if you're in a deep league, I think he's a decent starter as well. He gets a lot of points in fantasy. I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess people kind of shy away from him because – Minnesota is a pretty run-heavy team, so you would expect Kirk Cousins to have the same upside as the other guys, so it's probably why people are a little bit low, but um, Kirk Cousins, he's fairly solid. He finds a way to get it done, even without the amount of throws that the other guys have, so I think you could um, draft him as a quarterback one and be really you get him as a quarterback two, then you're going to be really happy because they have two really good quarterbacks. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's a great bye week fill-in as well. Uh, we'll get to the running backs. You got Dalvin Cook there as the main guy. Alex Madison, sort of like the backup there. Um, I know we've joked about them pretty much being the same guy when they start. Uh, they like they can fill in for each other. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's going off at number five. He's definitely a running back one. Definitely agree where he's being drafted. He's really solid. And Alex Madison's one of the best backups in the league. He's going off around like 41, so like running back four, sort of like a bench flex type guy. I kind of agree where both of them are going off. Maybe you might want to try to get Madison a little bit lower if you can. I guess, what are your thoughts? I like where Dalvin Cook is. Alexander Madison, he has the talent of like a running back too, but if Dalvin Cook's healthy, obviously you're going to go with Dalvin Cook every time just because he's the starter and he's really talented, so... I feel like um, Madison's at a pretty good spot. Yeah, I think they're both at, at good spots. So I can agree with that. Uh, we'll get to wide receivers. You got Justin Jefferson. You got Adam Thielen. You got KJ Osborne. I mean, I think they have three solid wide receivers there. 
as we saw from last season. It looks like Justin Jefferson's the second wide receiver going off the board. So yeah, the high expectations for him. I mean, he, he's so solid every time he plays. I, I think you have to sort of take him in your top five. Number two, it definitely depends on how you feel about other receivers in his range. And then as you go like further down, you got like Thielen at like 34. So like it'd sort of be like a wide receiver three around there, which I think is is pretty decent for the production he brings, which is pretty solid. And then as you go like further down, you get like a guy like Osborne. Jeez, I don't even see him. He's probably like a bit further down or maybe I missed him. But um, yeah, either way, like you're getting, oh yeah, he's here. Um, he's at uh, wide receiver 82. So probably in like the wide, wide receiver, like seven, eight around there. He'd sort of be like a bench guy as well, in my opinion. Give me your thoughts on these wideouts. Justin Jefferson, I think, in terms of talent, he should finish somewhere in the top five. Like, I don't really see C.D. Lamb or Debo Samuel above Justin Jefferson. Tyree Kill, uh, maybe. Mike Evans, I don't really think he finished. Justin, Justin Jefferson, so I mean, he'd probably, Justin Jefferson would probably be either top five or six. He's, I don't think he's going to finish alone than seven just because of how talented he is. Um, I think Adam Thielen, he's solid every season. Um, should be kind of like a wide receiver. I think that, that makes sense. Like he's just solid every year. And then KJ Osborne, kind of at the end of your jobs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think all three wide receivers have the chance to be productive. It's a very good offense. So um, I definitely um, think they'll be solid. In terms of tight end, Irv Smith Jr. is going off around tight end 20. So he'd be like a backup. I think that's okay. I think coming off an injury, definitely don't set high expectations. But yeah, he can outperform those for sure. We saw what Conklin did when he was on the team last year. Obviously, he's not there anymore. So I think Irv Smith can uh, be decently productive. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think backup is um, a good spot to get Irv Smith at. Um, definitely don't uh, reach for him just because we don't really know how he's going to do this season. For sure. And then um, I guess getting to where Minnesota is going to finish, I, I have them at second. I guess you probably have them there as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they just seem like they're the next best team. They have a very good offense. Defense, very underrated. They have some great players there. Uh, definitely got to see how they play. It's interesting how Zadarius Smith went there after leaving Green Bay to to the rival team, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, their, their defense is really solid uh, for the most part. And then, yeah, that's pretty much going to be the end of our preview of both the AFC North and NFC North. Um, definitely great looking at these two divisions and how they'll shape up for fantasy. So, yeah, let's just get right into some big time basketball. Let's get to the NBA finals. I guess taking a look at uh, the finals coming into tonight, the finals was tied at two a piece uh, with uh, the Warriors winning games two and four and the Celtics winning games one and three. Um, it, it is interesting um, how the series has gone, but game five just finished as we started recording and the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics 104 to 94. I guess just looking at how this game went, 
You have Jason Tatum leading the Celtics with 27 points, Andrew Wiggins having 26 to lead the Warriors. And then you had Jason Tatum with 10 rebounds to lead the Celtics and Andrew Wiggins having 13 to lead the Warriors. And then Jason Tatum with four assists to lead the Celtics and Steph Curry having eight for Golden State. Um, it looks like Andrew Wiggins had his best game of the playoffs this year. I guess give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think um, the Celtics, they did a pretty good job, actually, even though they didn't necessarily win. Um, I think just in the series in general, the Celt- I think the Celtics, they won game one, if I remember correctly. So they're still in a good position in the series. I think Golden State was in more danger of losing the series. They lost this game than the Celtics are. So I think, um, yeah, they limited um, Steph Curry to 16 points. So that's really good. Um, Andrew Wiggins really steps up. So that's really impressive. But it kind of, I guess, shows the defense of the Warriors. They have a lot of players who can score. Any one of them could go for uh, 20 points if they need to. And it's probably Marcus Smart defending Curry, so he must have done a very good job locking him down. Tony, I mean, Curry went off for like what 40 the last game or something like that. And I mean, to hold him to 16 points, that's pretty solid. Boston is down in the series, though. Golden State's one way, one win away from um, I don't know how many championships they've won. This is probably gonna be like their fourth or something in the last 10 years. It's insane what kind of a run that they've been on. Um, yeah, we'll see if Boston can sort of turn things around. I guess sort of looking at um, the next game, it will go back to Boston. Do you think Boston can bounce back in game six and, and sort of uh, take it to like a game seven? Or, or do you think the Warriors kind of have this uh, the series sort of locked up? I don't think the Warriors have the series locked up. I did originally say that the Warriors were winning in six, so would say that they're going to win, but I think the Celtics, they've been playing some really good basketball. They've given the Warriors a run for their money. They can definitely win at home. I think if it goes to game seven, then Celtics could have a chance to take the series. So for the Warriors, they're still kind of in must win mode, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, the spread has come out. It is three and a half favoring Boston at home. Do, if the Celtics win, I think you're, you're saying the Celtics are going to win. So if they win, do you think they'll cover the three and a half? I think they would just because um, every game has been by over 10 or more points. So the team that adjusts and wins ends up covering. So might as well go with the Celtics. I was going to say, I think there's some kind of streak where it's like in the last like 50 finals games, only two of them, uh, the team that won didn't cover. So, um, yeah, I think pretty much if you win, you're going to cover. So, I mean, if you're taking um, if, if you're taking the favorite to win, you might as well just take them on the spread as well, because they're probably going to cover. And if you're if you're taking the underdog on the spread, you might as well just take them to win at like plus money because like they're they're gonna win and cover at the same time. So um yeah, I guess that's just something to note. It's been consistent in this series, like you said, ten or more points pretty much every game. So um yeah, definitely something to look out for in terms of trends. Um, I guess any last thoughts on, on the NBA finals? I, th- I think it's been a great final so far. I'm definitely backing Boston. I mean, they're not in a good spot right now. They'll have to win two in a row. But I guess what are your thoughts on this series? It's been a really good series. Um, Boston, again, taking game one. I think 
that kind of set the pace for them. I know it's not look, not necessarily looking good, but if they can um, if they can win and go to game seven, they're going to be in a really good position. Um, I think if they won game five, they would have been in a great in a great position. But I think as it is now, um, Celtics definitely have a chance. So don't count them out. Yeah, I definitely won't be counting them out. They definitely have a chance, but it's going to be really tough, especially if they have to go into Golden State for Game 7 if they manage to push it past 6. Um, yeah, um, I, I kind of want Boston to win. I, I don't know. Like, my heart says Boston. My head says Golden State. We'll definitely have to see uh, how this series goes. And, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you on the fact that this has been a great NBA final so far. And whether we get one more game, whether we get two more games, I definitely think – It'll continue to pretty much uh, be really solid ball all the way through. Um, that's pretty much it for big time basketball. So I'll give it to you for everything NHL. For sure. And for everything NHL, we're going to be looking at the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, we're finally um, at the point where all the other games are done and we're going to be at the finals, but we're just going to recap the conference final games first and we'll start on the east side with Tampa Bay versus the Rangers um, the Rangers put up a really good fight but uh, Tampa Bay came through again and clutched it out and they were able to win 4-2 um, really impressive job by both teams um, definitely didn't see the Rangers going as far as they did so uh, no knock on the Rangers, they did a great job but what are your thoughts? Yeah, Tampa Bay's right like the Rangers were up two nothing in the series, and then Tampa steamrolled them four in a row. Like they just hit like another gear, and then and New York couldn't do anything. Like game six, Tampa Bay won two to one, but yet they were pretty much dominating the whole game, and New York pretty much barely did anything for most of the game. Um, yeah, it was. I think they only held the Rangers to like twenty shots, and that was with the Rangers like pressuring to sort of tie the game. They were only able to get twenty shots on the net. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's great. I mean, Stamco scored both goals for Tampa Bay in that two to one win. Obviously, Vitrano scored on the power play for the Rangers. Yeah, I don't know the thing about the Rangers. They weren't able to score like five on five. Most of their goals came on power plays. So when they didn't get the power plays, that kind of like hurt their team because they weren't able to like. Uh, get past Tampa's defense on even strength. So that was probably their their main fault. But like you said, this New York team, they went further than most people expected. They're a young team. They definitely will be solid in the years to come. They could probably make a final maybe in the next two or three years. We'll definitely have to see, uh, depending on how much of a juggernaut Tampa Bay continues to be in the years to come. But yeah, the Rangers, they're a young team and they're going to keep getting better. Um, and yeah, they just got beat by the better team. That's all I can say. I mean, Tampa Bay has been beating a lot of really good teams. So, again, can't really knock the Rangers for losing. Um, they had a great uh, playoff playoff run, beat some really good teams like the Penguins. They beat the Hurricanes. So, yeah, I'd say this is a, a successful season for the Rangers. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, they outperformed expectations for sure. I'll definitely give them that. Going to the western side um, of the playoffs, we have Colorado um, burying the Oilers. Unfortunately, um, it was a sweep. 
I didn't think it was going to turn out like this. I thought Loyola State would be able to win at least one game, but um, Colorado really uh, put put the gas on and they managed to sweep the series. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't expect a sweep for sure. I kind of expected Colorado to win, even though I was like hoping the Oilers could pull it off. Yeah, that final game was sort of like heartbreaking. It was in overtime too. Like um, obviously Colorado had the lead in the first period with McCarr scoring, but then the Oilers came out in the second period and they just dominated. They got like three goals, Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Connor McDavid all scored. So I thought like, okay, this time the Oilers are going to get it done. But then the third period, Colorado just like, they turned it on. They went ham. They scored like what, four goals compared to the Oilers only having two. Uh, the Avs had uh, Devon Taves, Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantan all score. Zach Hyman scored again for the Oilers and Zach Cassian kind of tied it up there at the end so that the Oilers could sort of send it to overtime. And then Arturi Lekkanen won it for the Avalanche to send them to the final. Um, I don't know. Uh, Colorado, they've they've pretty much steamrolled their way through the West. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a tough test for them coming up against Tampa Bay. I mean, they are the best team in the West. I have to give them that. They deserve to be where they are. But I guess uh, we'll sort of have to see how this final turns out. For sure. And uh, going to the finals, um, I guess this is kind of, uh, round two for the Avalanche and Tampa Bay, but how do you see it turning out? Yeah, this is interesting, actually. Um, obviously, um, Colorado has been favored to win the series. Um, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like Tampa Bay, with their experience, um, they, they sort of should be the favorites. Plus, they've beaten a lot of top teams. Like Toronto almost knocked them out. They had to beat them in seven. They beat Florida, who was the number one team in the East, and then they beat a Rangers team that was very tough as well. I feel like with Colorado, they beat Nashville with their starting goalie, with Nashville starting goalie being injured. Then St. Louis's starting goalie got injured as well, and then they beat them. And then the Oilers, like, I felt like that they had a lot of injuries. They had guys suspended, stuff like that. Like, it, it, a lot of the bounces, I feel like, have gone Colorado's way. I mean, they are a good team, but I don't feel like they're fully battle-tested to go up against a team like Tampa. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I'd still go with Tampa Bay just because they've just found a way to beat um, any team, regardless of how talented the team they're facing is. Like, they're, they'll be down like two games or even three games and they just find a way to come back and win the entire series. So I mean, the Avalanche, they're going to have, I guess they could take two or three games off Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay always has a chance to win. I think Colorado's best chance might be a game one to catch Tampa by surprise and score a few goals. So I think maybe if you want to go with Colorado for the first game, I feel like Tampa Bay will probably adjust after that. So I feel like Colorado's best chance is to try and win game one and see how it goes from there. I'd probably lean towards Colorado in game one if I had to make a pick. Um, and then, but in terms of the series, like, yeah, I definitely think Tampa, um, they should win it. Uh, obviously, if you're taking them on the series of the underdogs, you're going to get good value on Tampa anyways. That's kind of where I would lean. Um, Colorado is going to be more well-rested. I don't know how much that matters. We'll definitely have to see. But it's not like Tampa Bay hasn't had a lot of rest, too. They've had a sweep as well. So they've gotten some pretty good rest as well. Tampa Bay could end up being healthier than Colorado because, of course, Kadri might not play. So that's definitely something to look out for. But, 
yeah, um, I, I think it just comes down to Tampa Bay has probably the best goalie. And I don't, we don't know what's going on with the Colorado school attending situation, whether Kemper's going to play or whatnot. So that's what it comes down to for me. I think it, you know, he, Vasilevsky's probably going to win playoff MVP if they win the cup as well. He's just been that good. So I think I will lean with Tampa Bay. Yeah, playoffs have been good this year. I feel like this this is a final that have has like two of like the top teams. Like I know last couple of years there were like a few Cinderella runs where like Dallas went all the way to the final and then Montreal went all the way to the final. But this year you have like two legitimate like top level teams from each conference facing each other, and I feel like it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be an insane final. I think one of the best finals we've probably seen. I don't know, maybe since that, that 2018 final where the Caps beat Vegas, like those two teams are pretty solid. I think since then, the finals have been kind of watered down. I feel like this is like an exciting finals that, that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams, again, they're they're the best team in each conference, but they had to beat some really solid teams to get there. I mean, Tampa Bay had to go through, um, the Leafs had to go through, through Florida, Colorado had to go through Nashville and they had to go through St. Louis. So yeah, they had some pretty tough, tough runs. Uh, they were just that good that they beat the teams the way that they did. So um, it's going to be a um, really good battle. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. It starts Wednesday. Definitely tune into it. I think that it's going to be a great series. Thank you.